Hey everyone, Saul Marquez here. Have you launched your podcast already and discovered what a pain it could be to keep up with editing, production, show notes, transcripts, and operations? What if you could turn over the keys to your podcast busy work while you do the fun stuff like expanding your network and taking the industry stage? Let us edit your first episode for free so you can experience the freedom. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket, everyone. Saul Marquez here. Today, I have the privilege of hosting Dr. Roxy Mooney. She helps health tech innovators uncover their most profitable and viable market strategies from early adoption strategies to pivoting. She transformed 20 years of business practice, seven years of researching over 500 plus peer-reviewed articles and 160 plus interviews with health innovators into a repeatable method to go from an idea to full-scale adoption. She advises startups and emerging healthcare brands and has been involved in three successful exits. She currently serves as the CEO and healthcare commercialization strategist of Legacy DNA. She's also the international best-selling author of How Health Innovators Maximize Market Success, Strategies to Launch and Commercialize Healthcare Innovations, as well as a host of the podcast and video show, Health Innovators. In addition to her strategist role, Dr. Roxy is a sought-out speaker and educator. She's spoken at HIMSS and the Connected Health Conference and currently serves as an associate professor of marketing at the Jack Welch Management Institute and an adjunct professor of gender leadership and coaching and a consultant at the Palm Beach Atlantic University. She's also a board member of One Purse, a nonprofit organization committed to restoring the lives and dreams of sex trafficking survivors. With a DBA, a doctorate in business from Walden University, she's got a ton of phenomenal insights she's going to share today. And with that, Dr. Roxy, uh, really privileged to have you here on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me here. Glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So I love the the work that you do, your focus on business and helping innovators find that success, those levers for success for their companies. It's so important, you know, and, and, and so many people struggle. They have this passion and they want to do something in this space and they struggle. So we're going to dive into a lot of the cool things that you're doing, Dr. Roxy. But before we do, I'd love to just park on you for a second and tell us a little bit about you and what inspires your work. Yeah. So how I got here and what gets me up in the morning so um, many years ago, I decided to go back to school and get my doctorate in business. And they ask you, what is the business problem that you want to be married to for the next like five to seven years of your life? Because you're going to be eating, sleeping and drinking with this thing. And they weren't kidding because I, I was. <laughs> and, and what I found so fascinating is that through my experience in working in healthcare, I'd worked with a number of healthcare startups. So I was able to see that we were on this explosion of innovation that was happening. And this is kind of like, let's say, the early, mid-2000s. But I had come across this alarming statistic that over 95% of innovations that are brought to market fail to reach any adequate level of customer adoption or financial ROI. And honestly, that just really struck me because mm -hmm. I thought, how in the world are we going to really fix the healthcare system if majority of the innovations that these brilliant entrepreneurs are bringing to the market aren't going to get into the hands of the people that need them the most? And so that really, you know, kind of keeps me up at night, quite frankly, because, 
you know, we're not talking about innovations in other industries where it kind of really doesn't matter if we get the next iPhone 12 or 13 or whatever the next one's going to be, or even iPods, you know, any of that stuff, right? We're ta- It's personal, it's healthcare, and it really could be our friends, our families, um, or even ourselves, our lives that are at stake, our quality of life. And, you know, God forbid we don't have access to that just because an innovator in healthcare did not have the commercialization expertise to build a viable business. So mm-hmm. that's why I do what I do every day. I love it. Yeah. You know, and and uh, you spent, you know, all these years dedicated to the cause, you know, you got done with your, your doctorate and you're still in the game. The passion is palpable. And for everybody listening, we, we all know that the road of entrepreneurship within healthcare is bumpy. And so it's it's critical to have somebody that's focused in healthcare like Dr. Roxy here on your side. Somebody that you could learn from, somebody that that could help you uncover those pitfalls and opportunities. So talk to us a little bit about how you add value to healthcare companies, Dr. Roxy. Yeah, so great question. I would say that research shows that the number one reason why innovators fail is because there's no market need for the solution that they want to bring to market. And the number one reason why innovators succeed is because they've achieved product market fit. And so we've really focused on strategy products that are geared towards helping people avoid failure and maximize their potential for success. And that can be done in a number of different ways, um, helping innovators validate demand or that customers are willing to pay for their solution. And these things are, you know, they may seem like really obvious, but when you're the innovator and you're so passionate about solving a particular problem, it's really easy to get blindsided by our own um, biases and assume that there's a market need because it's so obvious to you. And maybe there is, maybe there isn't, but really being able to validate that early on in the process can save um, folks millions and millions of dollars. Some of them, their personal 401ks, mm-hmm. <laughs> their kids' college tuition. Um, you know, So being able to do that work up front is, is really important. And just because you have something um, that maybe even solves a problem doesn't mean that people in healthcare are going to be willing to pay for it or the right people in healthcare will be willing to pay for it. So, so that's really important, helping people secure their first, uh, their pilot customer or their first paying customer. You know, we've got strategic frameworks that are geared towards each one of these milestones in the innovation process. I love it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you build it, they won't necessarily come. (laughs) 95% of the people out there believe that they would. Ah, And they get, (laughs) they get stuck in those pitfalls and those obstacles. And so we're here to, to help them, um, circumvent those. I love that. And, you know, I, I'm guilty of it. You know, I, I built several things and the customers didn't come and, you know, you learn, right. And, and, and hopefully you could listen to this podcast and not have to make that mistake. You know, it's easier said than done, but I hope that you listen to this and you say, you know what, I've got a lot of blind spots. There's something I could do here, potentially value that could be added to me and my company and the people that need me on my A game. Yeah. So what would you say makes you different and and better than what's out there today? So I would say that um, there are tons of 
resources out there for entrepreneurship that aren't healthcare focused. And we know that healthcare is a different animal and we're not just saying that, right? There's so many regulatory and reimbursement hurdles um, and just having a multi-sided market makes it really complex. Um, so being focused in healthcare for, for so long is really valuable. But I also think that no one else in this country that I'm aware of, probably even around the world, has a doctorate in commercializing technology innovation and healthcare. So for me, you know, when I came across that statistic, I made a decision that I was going to dedicate the rest of my career to this single business problem. So when we think about business strategies, you know, you hear companies being focused um, maybe on different vertical markets or maybe even horizontal positioning where they're, um, you know, focused on specific services. Very rarely do you have someone so granularly focused that they are singularly focused or laser focused on solving a specific business problem. And so I think that that makes us really unique um, because we are so focused. We see all of the patterns for the clients that we work with and the, you know, folks that I have, you know, on, on my video and podcast show. And you just see data and you see patterns much differently. And then you leverage that to be able to into these systematized, repeatable frameworks that then can help people in a really unique way. The other thing that I will say is that not too many people have an early adoption strategy. And research shows that the only way that you can be successful with the mainstream market is to be successful with the early adoption market. And most people look at that as a homogeneous group. They might segment based upon payers, providers, patients, but they don't go deeper into that, into creating a specific strategy for the early adopters and winning those folks over and then leveraging those early adopters to help cross the chasm and then kind of start penetrating the mainstream market. So that strategic lens is something that I think is also really rare in the market and can make a big difference between success and failure. Yeah, you know, I, I always enjoy, you know, speaking to, to people that are awesome at what they do. And oftentimes it's it's that that focus that... <laughs> That drives excellence. And, uh, you know, you've mentioned a couple things that resonate with me a lot, you know, specifically identifying those niche entry areas, understanding the continuum, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> From early adopter to crossing the chasm to that mass adoption. And so, you know, having a thought partner is critical. Having a thought partner that understands the business of healthcare is like, priceless, right? Mm -hmm. um, so everybody listening today, I mean, the work that that Dr. Roxy's up to is is right up your alley. I'd invite you to consider checking her out. She's done a ton of podcast interviews. So you're listening to this podcast because you love healthcare podcasts and the outcomes rocket. <laughs> I encourage you to check out the health innovators show. That's Dr. Roxy's show, uh, Legacy hyphen dna.com. You'll find it there. But just type in type type in legacy DNA into the search bar of Outcomes Rocket. And we'll leave a link there for you to check her out. Subscribe because she's got some really, really neat shows out there that that you should listen to. And so as you think about some of the ways that you've improved outcomes for some of the business leaders you help, Dr. Roxy, well, give us an example. I'd, I'd love to hear, you know, an example and you, you could, you could, you know, anonymize or make up a different name 
but I'd love to hear one of those from you. Yeah. So just kind of going back to the show for a second here, I think that that is one of the things that we do to contribute in a, in a really big way, being able to give folks like you, like you're doing here, a platform to be able to share their story. It's so empowering and it's so important. You know, years ago when I was kind of scanning the landscape, I was seeing that there were a lot of shows out there that were talking about tech because it's sexy, right? So they're talking about AI and virtual reality and Bitcoin and all of these, you know, wonderful things. But really, no one was having a conversation about the business strategy, about the commercialization strategy, and how you were going to be successful in bringing those wonderful technologies to market. So if, you know, dialing into the show and listening to some of those episodes, it's just priceless to hear your peers and the strategies and tactics that they've deployed that have helped them be successful. And I try to create a safe space for people to feel really comfortable and being candid about the arduous journey, that the reality of what it's like. And so I think that's really inspiring for folks too, to be able to say, you know what, I'm not the only one that's struggling here. Maybe nothing's wrong with me. Maybe it's just hard. And I just need to keep pressing in to what I'm doing. And so I kind of think of those as, you know, sharing insights and encouragement and and that being a real powerful vehicle on how we're helping the industry. Yeah, I love it. I, I totally agree with you, Dr. Roxy. I think it's phenomenal to really, you know, hear the stories of all the people that are going through the things that we're all going through. And there's an opportunity for us to learn. Just if you walk away with every single interview, just with one thing. I mean, you're that much better and uh, you got quite a bit of content out there. So kudos for you and the dedication to to this resource that you've put together. Thank you. I love it. It's kind of one of my favorite parts of the week um, is just to meet new people, just like you're doing here, right? Um, yep. And having those conversations and hearing people's journey, especially when they're really transparent and vulnerable about what it's like to be out there in the, the wild, wild west of healthcare innovation. I love it. So back to the the question around, you know, give us an example, you know, yeah. would love to hear how you're helping entrepreneurs. Oftentimes the, the N of one tends to be the most powerful story. So I'd love to hear an example of that. Yep. So, um, so one example that comes to mind and there's so many, but one of them that comes to mind that I really see common is a physician innovator who has, you know, worked in a healthcare system for a number of years. And of course, you know, is able to identify problems everywhere. And they decide that they're going to embark upon this journey of entrepreneurship and solve the problems that they themselves have been facing and feel really strongly that their colleagues have been facing as well. And so it's just kind of a no-brainer business for them to get into. And, you know, some of them, this one particular one I'm going to talk about is um, someone that's still a full-time physician. So they're doing the business on the side and pouring their heart and soul into building this solution. And unfortunately, they have been building the product for four years now. Without any strategy, without any consideration for demand or an ROI, and it's kind of turned into a hobby. And so one of the ways that we've helped them is to be able to have a very candid conversation about listen, you need to really ask yourself, is this a hobby or is this a business? Because those are two different things. What are we doing here? (laughs) Um, You know, and how much money do you want to continue to pour into this labor of love? And, you know, as we, you know, kind of look under the hood, we're able to see that there are 10 or more 
products that have been kind of all rolled into one. But now it's just going to take us time to unwind that and figure out which of those features and functionality are most viable and the highest priority to go to market with now. And so, you know, just being able to stop the bleeding, if you will, um, from that just continuous product development and really being, like I said, transparent and candid about these biases that we were talking about earlier um, and trying to help them uh, get out of their own way. Yeah, that's a, that's a great example. And it happens Mm -hmm. all too often. And, um, it's uh it's important if you're if you're in the stage, you know, if you're listening to this and you're in that stage right now, that development stage, and you still don't know your product market fit, um, definitely some something to consider legacy DNA for. By the way, tell me about the name, legacy DNA. <laughs> yes. So, you know, this is kind of one of those, um, you know, I um, came up with this name because I was really passionate about it. Legacy is something that's really important to me really even early on in my career, I was already thinking about legacy and how what kind of legacy I was going to leave behind, uh, my mark on the world, but probably even more importantly, our clients, right? Mm-hmm. So if we're working with businesses, business leaders in healthcare and helping them fulfill their dreams and help them leave their legacies and how they might change the world with whatever they're bringing to market. So legacy was just kind of a no-brainer to fit into the equation there. And then DNA early on, when I started the company, we were focused um, as being a healthcare marketing agency and digging into the DNA of the target customers and digging into the DNA of the company and being able to bridge the gap to help them with their brand story was something that was unique and different 10, 11 years ago. Um, and so that was really important. Quite candidly, um, that makes it the company name all about me. And my passions and my story instead of my target audience, which is not what I preach. I'm mm-hmm. always telling our clients, it's not about you. You shouldn't be the hero of the story. Yeah. Your, your customers need to be the hero of the story. And so it's interesting because I still really love the name and I'm you know not planning on changing it after 10 years. But if I had to do all, all over again, I'd come up with another name that was more tuned into the value and the benefit that we had to offer our target audience. So they wouldn't even have to ask, mm-hmm. what's the story behind that name? <laughs> <laughs> what the heck does that mean? <laughs> no, that's cool. I, I hear you. And, and you know what? It, it's a great point. And I appreciate your, your uh, willingness to say that. We all make mistakes. And, yes. and you know, the, the great part about it Dr. Oxy, is that you owned it. You didn't dwell on it. You, right. you focused on on making the company valuable, you know, yep. and yep. Uh, you just marched on with success. So, yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> and then, and then lesson learned, not going to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the key, right? So you don't yeah. want to just continue making the same mistake over and over. That's just kind of insanity, right? But if we, those mistakes can be really valuable if we actually learn from it and we take it with us into our future decision-making. Without a doubt. And you know, there is a lesson in place by you keeping the name. You know, you can tell that story, <laughs> yeah. you know, and say, hey, don't do what I did. Here's an example of what not to do. Well, I've got a <laughs> roster of those. I can make, make a whole series about that. <laughs> I love it. Now on, on that topic, 
Um, yep. We learn more from our setbacks than our successes. Tell us about one of yours and a key learning that came out of that. Yeah. So this is really interesting, right? Where, um, you know, we talk about all of these things that are just so much easier to teach and preach and so much more difficult to practice. So um, not that long ago, I was developing a new strategy product and um, felt like I was acutely aware of what the target market was encountering and knew what the problem was and knew what I needed to create to help them solve it. And so within about three weeks, I had several team members we kind of just like dove into the 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 dark room there, if you will, and just innovated these strategy products, brought them to market, and it's crickets. Mm. Crickets. Now, the irony here is what I was developing was this co-creation framework that okay. I help innovators co-create with their target customers. Mm. But I did not co-create. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not the funniest thing? And it took oh an outside business coach to say, you know, did you did you actually talk to your customers and have them co-create this co-creation framework with you? No. Why would I do that? Uh, that's too funny. <laughs> and, and so we think about lessons learned. You know, sometimes we really do need to learn them multiple times before we really learn. Um, but for years now, I have been speaking um, around the country around co-creation and advocating for getting your stakeholders, your, your target customers involved in the product development process early and often, not, not being an afterthought, not building something and then going, hey, what do you think? Don't you like it? But way before you even make that investment, you're involving them in. So this is kind of going beyond a little bit earlier than even the design thinking um, philosophy that we might be familiar with. And there I was <laughs> creating the co-creation strategy product and not co-creating unilaterally. Unilaterally. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, you know what? I, I think that it's uh, yeah, like you said, right? Ironic, but nevertheless, yep, yep. Y- you know, you you had the um, the smarts to to say, all right, there's something I'm not seeing here. And you went to a business coach to help you, uh, and that's that's uh, that's where the kudos goes, you know, for you to, to 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 have been able to say this didn't work. Let me take a step back. How did you feel like when you made that epiphany? Like, what did that feel like? Okay, so what the business coach told me to do, he said, okay, after we had our little session there, he said, just take about thirty minutes and download, like, just type up everything that you're thinking and feeling right now. And I said, okay. And I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like a dear diary, right? And, and yeah. I'm, so I'm just kind of processing like, well, why didn't I co-create? And what am I thinking and feeling about all of this? And what came out of that was all of the mental obstacles, barriers that I was thinking of, like, well, it's going to take too long. And well, I just want to do it now. And I mean, every it was like I was crawling into the skin of my target audience, right? Because yeah. when I talk to health innovators and I'm telling them that they need to co-create, they're like, wait, what? No, 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 no. I like, I want to go to market like in 30 days or 90 days yeah. or whatever that looks like. And that just sounds like a really long process. And for years now, I've been like, no, you need to do it. And here's why. And, you know, advocating for this. And so then doing that download, it was that reflection was extremely powerful 
for me to be able to get closer to our target audience. Um, And then kind of after I had my tantrum, Mm -hmm. I did like a, okay, 24 hours later, okay, here's why it makes sense. And that was just, just really incredibly powerful. Wow. Like you stepped into the shoes, like in a (laughs) big way. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, good for you. And folks, you're, you're, you know, as you listen to this awesome interview, you think to yourself, you know, are you co-creating and what opportunities are you missing by, by doing it? Maybe not, not the best way that you can, or by not doing it at all, something to think about. You know, I was going to ask you something. I was going to ask you on, on your website, you have this, um, COIQ test. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and and what it's for? What does the acronym stand for? Yep. So this is another one of those things where it was kind of all about me, right? COIQ. So the conceptual framework that I used in my doctorate work was commercialization of innovation. I didn't make that up. That's a thing. It exists. You can Google it. Um, And so I use the COI framework. And so as I started doing my work after I graduated and kind of thinking about like, how am I going to be able to serve the community with all of my new gained knowledge? I thought I wanted to be able to elevate everyone's understanding and intelligence, if you will, around these specific phenomenons um, or concepts that I had studied and these pitfalls and then what could be um, meaningful for success. And so it just kind of melded these two ideas together of COIQ. And then I thought, okay, let me come up with this free tool that health innovators could take to really be able to kind of get an assessment of where are they in their knowledge. And I think what I've seen over the last couple of years is that when a health innovator takes this assessment, if they score a roughly an 80 or above, they're usually on a trajectory for success. Um, if their score is below that or way below that, that usually tells me that there is a pretty significant knowledge gap between the strategies and tactics that they're currently deploying and where they need to be in order to be successful. And so it's free. Anyone can take it on the website. It takes maybe about 20 minutes um, to do. And so, you know, even if you never work with us and you never do anything, you know, with it, you will get a customized report that will tell you, here's some gaps or areas that you could improve upon and some things that you can do to help increase your chances of success and maybe increase, not just to increase your score, right? Although that would happen, but to increase your chances of success. Very Move cool. the needle, right? Everything's I, about I, moving absolutely. the needle. Being, <laughs> how do we help more people be part of the 5% Love it. that succeeds? That's fantastic. I'm glad I asked. And um, folks, again, we'll have a link to Legacy DNA's website. Go to outcomesrocket.health, Legacy DNA in the search bar. Boom. It'll get you straight to our interview with Dr. Roxy. Uh, we'll have all the links that, that we've discussed today, including a transcript and the entire uh, show notes. So um, fantastic. I have enjoyed this very much. Oh, what are you most excited about today? Hmm. Well, as we roll into the new year. 2021. Yeah, um, I am extremely excited about the accelerated adoption of digital health. Healthcare is something that almost every human being is talking about instead of just the people that are in the industry, right? Um, So there's a silver lining there. And I think that we are, you know, we still have a lot, a long way to go, but we are breaking down barriers, uh, regulatory barriers and reimbursement barriers 
more quickly, more successfully than we would have prior to 2020. And so that's exciting to see us be able to start making some more inroads to be able to really help solve these problems that in healthcare that we've all been facing and dealing with with for so long and helping these innovators become more successful. Yeah, I agree. You know, healthcare has become that center point. The adoption is is a lot quicker, you know, and 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 I'm I'm excited about that and and it it is it does create hope, you know. I, yeah. I I'm with you there. I'm with you there in a big way. And obviously, if you're listening to this, you also have the belief that there's the need for a better tomorrow in healthcare. And uh, if you want to have some help, obviously, Dr. Roxy is here for you. And uh, obviously, you keep tuning into the, the podcast. Uh, you get a lot out of this. Take advantage of the people we actually have on here. On that note, what would you say is the best place for people to reach out to you? And the last thing would be, give us a closing thought. So the best way I think to get a hold of me is to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'd love for your listeners um, and your audience to connect with me there. I'm really active pushing out content like it's my job because <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, so there's lots of resources, um, assets that we're giving away there. So it would be a great place to connect. And my closing thoughts are is just to remind everyone that there's someone or someones on the other side of their innovation. So keep pressing on and keep pressing in because we need you to stay the course. So that way we can together link arms and really transform the healthcare industry in a, in a mighty and powerful way. And we'll only be able to do that together. Love that, Dr. Roxy. Stay with it, everyone. Stay with it. Uh, this is going to be a phenomenal year for healthcare. And Dr. Roxy, thank you. This has been great. It's been great. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me today. Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners. Saul Marquez here. I get what a phenomenal asset a podcast could be for your business and also how frustrating it is to navigate editing and production, monetization, and achieving the ROI you're looking for. Technical busy work shouldn't stop you from getting your genius into the world, though. You should be able to build your brand easily with a professional podcast that gets attention. A patched up podcast could ruin your business. Let us do the technical busy work behind the scenes while you share your genius on the mic and take the industry stage. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more.